0: What's up y'all, Manny Carrera, your real estate resource, and this is episode number 14 of Whiskey Wednesday podcast sessions, where we sit with entrepreneurs, influencers, movers, and shakers over a glass of some fine whiskey. Today is pretty much a continuation of last week. We're gonna be drinking Balcon's Baby Blue. Last week, for those of you that were watching, we drank Rumble, and uh, it was really strong. This one's actually a lot sweeter. For me, it tastes a little bit like vanilla, so it has a really good smooth taste. I'm gonna be joined today by my special guest. He is a entrepreneur and a good friend. I've actually, you know, over the last couple of years, been able to see his journey, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on this podcast. I think he has a really good story. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Chavez. What's up, brother? Hey, my man. Welcome to El Paso. Thank you, bro. How was your drive in your monster truck? <laughs> Not bad. Not yeah. bad. How's the gas? Gas was about eight miles a gallon, so damn. Um, That's horrible, not too bad. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, welcome to El Paso. Thank you, I bro. know uh, you had trouble finding the place. I had trouble parking. <laughs> I had trouble parking. I didn't have trouble finding it. Parking was a, was a, was a hard part. Yeah, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, Chris drives a big old black monster truck. Looks like Batman. So if you see him, get out of the way. Desert Batman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, really excited to have you on, man. Mm-hmm. You you know not only have I seen, like I said, your journey. Um, as an entrepreneur and I've seen you like really grow and we're both in the same place, you know, and that's really what's cool is that I've seen that progress from you. Um, But on top of that, we're really good friends, (laughs) you know, so really excited to just have you on and for you to tell your story. I know that, you know, hopefully somebody here listening will be impacted by your story. That's Um, that's what we hope for, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and we'll go ahead and dive in. Cool. So, a little bit about me. I'm
1: from Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm born and grown. raised. Born and raised. Oh, nice. Uh, what are you grown.
0: guys over there like, what, what is uh, New Mexico known for?
1: New Mexico is known for green chili, so all the green, all chili. The green chili comes from our state uh, uh, Chile
0: comes from New Mexico
1: Agriculture uh, We're a big agricultural community So Awesome uh, Pecans We have the world's Second largest pecan orchard Who has the first? Uh, I think it's in Australia Oh sure. I think it's in Australia I'm not sure Don't quote me on that But I think it's in Australia Dope, dope But actually New Mexico is known for Or should be known for Wine
0: you guys do have some really good wine, yeah. So I, I like the uh, all the wine tasting festivals that you guys have. Too. Yeah, yeah. So Latina, origi- right? Dude, there's so there's so many wine on?
1: festivals. So a lot of people don't know this, but Las Cruces, the the Spaniards, mm-hmm. uh, when they came, they settled in the Mesilla Valley, and they actually brought their wine grapes to Las Cruces, and they started growing grapes for wine. Then we started distributing them. Throughout the US and Napa Valley, started buying my grapes, so they're known for wine because of Las Cruces. So they got the seeds, they stole green. our thunder, man. So wow.
0: Can't nobody steal our green chili, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that green chili is pretty bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely know that you guys are known for green chili, so yeah, cool man. What, what else about you aside from green chili and Christ? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I'm born and raised in
1: Las Cruces, uh, small town. Uh, we met with 10 years ago almost like yeah coming come, come close to 10 years yeah no. closest I, I'd
0: say probably Probably 7, like no? seven, seven, seven years eight, yeah. yeah 7 years go
1: ahead um, so my whole journey began um, when I started working at the mall the very first job I ever had I just got out of high school I Had a diamond wireless diamond guy. wireless man no longer in existence yeah so so I started working for uh,
0: for Verizon and like that's a that's a grind man that's a hustle there what was it like working there for the people that don't know? Because I think I think in general sales have changed in the last five years for sure. I think, um, especially that type of job, you know, the sales where you, you really have to like, you have to, um, you have pitch. to push. You, you have to push. Yeah, you know, you have to yell at people and hey, you got Verizon, you got Verizon. The, so what to, was what was working there in that environment at that time like? So so being uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: You had to be For comfortable sure. being uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to be comfortable being uncomfortable because I remember the first time that like, we would have to sit there, we would just have to pitch. Right. I mean that how are you gonna gain your clients? I mean you're sitting in the middle of a kiosk in the middle of a mall, and if you've ever been to the Mosilla Valley Mall, Las Cruces is a tiny town. It's it's a city of 150 people, 150,000 people.
0: Really, 150 people. <laughs> 150,
1: 000 people, really small town. Yeah. So our mall doesn't have a lot of foot traffic. So mm-hmm. even in Las Cruces it was tough. I remember going out there. It nice. was tough. So, so in order for you to to gain business, you had to be creative and, and right. you really that that's really where my networking came into play. You know, and you learn how to you learn how to network there. Uh, just you you know, utilizing the people that you know and just become friends with everybody. Was that
0: your first sales job? That was my very first sales job. That was my first sales job too. I yep. think. Did you start before me or after? Uh, I think I started a little bit after a you. A little bit after. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember going through those same. Uh, feelings. It was my first sales job. I had worked at GECU prior to that, uh-huh. and GCU's customer service base. You know, you come up to me with your questions or problems, and I. I I'm not What's GECU? What oh, sorry, sorry. Bank? yeah, yeah. That's a that's a local bank here in okay. El Paso. It's like the biggest uh, credit union here in El Paso, and um, I remember going into the sales job and starting at Diamond, at Cielo Vista Mall, the busiest mall here in El Paso at the time, and I was like shitting bricks because i didn't know what to do i didn't i didn't know how to be aggressive to people and it was a very uncomfortable feeling you have to be
1: uncomfortable yeah you have to be uncomfortable (laughs) yeah
0: so on top of diamond i mean what how was that experience like and how did that kind of take you on to your journey yeah so
1: so uh you know working at at verizon i worked at the diamond the little kiosk there in the mall in las cruces i was there for about a year um and on my 21st birthday coming back from a vacation
0: in L.A. Tell the story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I came, come back from a vacation in L.A., and uh, Manny Veleta at the time who was my manager, who I owe so much to. Yeah. I Shout owe so Manny much Belletta. to. He was so my Manny manager. Manny you are an OG, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but uh, he really came in, and, and he was my manager. He broke me down, and, you know, I was doing everything correct. And the only thing I was doing wrong was i was forgetting to like just ask for the the sale sale, you know and and i've always i've always genuinely cared about people but you know working there really taught me how to not be afraid to go and ask for what you want and be uncomfortable and you might somebody it might see might be a no yeah you know and and i remember so i got a phone call from manny valletta um my 21st birthday coming down he said, hey, we, uh, we need some help opening some stores on the East Coast. I said, take me, man. I'm, I'm cool, man. I'm 21 <laughs> yeah. years old. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let's have some fun. Um, so they were just going to take us for a couple weeks. Well, the next day, I get back from my vacation. It's Monday now. And I get a call, and they say, hey, um, uh, you're going to be going here? I said, perfect. Tuesday comes around. I get a phone call, and I, I remember talking to you about, about everything because you were getting promoted to go to Miami.
0: Yeah, at the same time, I act, I actually had applied. Um, I had applied to move out So there. you applied for it? Yeah, I applied. So this is what actually happened with my story. Like, we were all working at Diamond at the time, and everybody got an email. All the stores got an email that they're going to be opening 150 stores out on the East Coast from Maine all the way down to Florida. So I was like, I didn't know I was that. Like, yeah, 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 you didn't see that. Email? So I, I was I, on vacation. I'm dude. like looking at the email and I'm like, holy shit. Like, right now, the position that I was in, you know, at the time, I was number one store killer in the, south, in the Southwest. Three store killer. Killer. Uh, I was setting records. I was just leading, you know. So I felt I was just so confident in myself that I was like, once I put this application in to whichever of these stores that I want to go to. I, f- I felt like I was going to get it. And I applied for a store manager position in Miami, Florida. Two days later, I got an interview and then I got a call and they told me, hey, instead of being a store manager, we actually want to give you a market manager position and give you multiple stores, not just one. I was so, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm down. Let's do it. I was fucking excited and hung up and I was like, what the f- am I getting myself into I've never even managed the store and they gave me multiple stores so I was like holy shit you know yeah. and they told me hey and and you have to be in out in Miami in 14 days and I mean, What the fuck? like it happened so quick it's but the same thing that's that exactly same thing it, it was same all in thing. the same time frame same right? time frame yeah that Tuesday I got back
1: uh, second day back to work I got a call yeah. same thing I said they set up an interview for I think I think Friday And it happened on Thursday. Right. And they said that they would let me know by Saturday. And they let me know on Friday... That I was going to Miami. And I didn't know that you were going yet. But I know that you had put in for You were saying, hey, hopefully. I'm like, dude, late, tell me to take me with you. I was just wanted to go and work with you. Yeah, just go yeah. for fun. For a vacation, you know? Another <laughs> vacation,
0: man. Yeah. There's has no vacation. We would
1: <laughs> our asses <laughs> off. So, so, so I remember getting the same phone call yeah. Saturday. Hey, when's the soonest you can get here? And I'm like, oh, my God. Pack my stuff, and I leave like a few days later,
0: man. So you didn't know that you were going to live there? No, I did know that I was going to Oh, you got the position yes, already. Yes, okay. I got the position. Because I remember you living <laughs> out of a U-Haul for as long as I lived out of a U-Haul for. Dude, <laughs> I cannot believe that. I remember just cruising around. And
1: at the time, I didn't understand how realtors worked. You know, right. at the time, if you know, if we would have. Oh, yeah, I didn't either. If we would have understood how to utilize them a little
0: bit. So, so to tell you what we're kind of talking about, the struggle from moving from one city a small city, you know, yours was small. I come from a small I, city. And El Paso is still considerably small. I think at the time we probably had a population of six, 700,000. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're closer to a million. But at the time, it is a, it was considered a small city, you know. So going to Miami, to a huge city. I remember feeling like fucking... Culture shock. Culture shock for sure. Overwhelmed and... I remember I had my own U haul. I literally took my entire apartment um, within those 14 days that they told me I had to be there, packed my whole life up in a U haul, packed up my car, and I, I bounced. You know, we drove out there. I remember and, that um, white beamer, and you yeah, damaged it. You damaged it. I'm pretty damaged sure. it on the U haul. I remember that. I did a lot of stuff to the white beamer. <laughs> but um, I remember, you know, the first month or two mm. or three probably, we were living literally in hotels out of u-hauls because we didn't understand how hard it was in miami to just get an apartment it's like the same process of not longer than buying a house which for you guys that are buying a house right now <laughs> feel blessed that it's only 30 days yeah. for sure because <laughs> yeah i mean out there it's literally like buying a house you have to go through all these approvals and applications and then you know the time frame that it takes it's usually about 30 to 60 days and it's just really tough you know so I know we had a lot of struggles. Yeah. The similar yeah. struggles. Similar. Moving out there. Um, yeah. So what was that like for you? Because, you know, I've talked a lot about my experience out of Miami. Um, and it was great. And I've talked about, you know, a life occurring or changing moment that I had once in my uh, condo. But what was that experience like for you? I know you were out there for about a year, year and yep. a half, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what was that like for you? So it was, uh, It was. was. it was interesting, man. It was
1: interesting because... As much fun and and where I come from, the city that I live in, Las Cruces, a lot, a lot of our generation is a little confused in in our city, right? And this is what was part of the culture shock and culture change for me. Is I loved where I came from. I like there's I love my city, uh, and a lot of people don't really like it because there's not a whole lot of nightlife and stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's not a it's not a it's not a, a happening place. I guess you can say right. Um, so
0: just a short drive away though it is huh? yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you have <laughs> to drive an hour away man that's, <laughs>
1: and you can't party and do that man that's yeah, tough yeah. no it
0: is that's tough you gotta so no people so
1: so moving to miami was you know in in my mind you know kind of what i mustered it up to be was was the las cruces dream you know is <laughs> get out of the small city and and live in a big town and live in a nice place and i had a I had a, a condo right on the beach. I mean, you would yeah, come over H- all the Hallandale, time. Hallandale Beach. Hallandale was, Beach, was man. Awesome. I remember that. And, you know, I, I literally, literally, we walk across the street right at the beach. And, you know, that's the life. You know, living on Ocean Drive, and if you've ever been to Miami, Ocean Drive is where it's happening.
0: I it, don't like the Ocean Drive. <laughs> it's too crowded there, bro. It, <laughs> it's but, but crowded. See, but, and that's exactly no, it's my beautiful. point. Yeah, and, it's beautiful, yeah. And that's
1: exactly my point is, is you know, you, we don't appreciate where we come from and i think that's something that was what my experience uh helped me realize there is is you gotta have your friends you gotta have your family there and my my experience there was was almost lonely yeah it was almost lonely dude it was almost lonely and i remember uh having thanksgiving by myself i remember we had christmas together yeah remember we had christmas together we had christmas together and we uh i mean neither one of us i mean we're 21 i don't know how old you were at the time 23 something like that 19 yeah <laughs> and and uh and and when we were when we were there i mean neither one of us cooked yeah <laughs> neither <laughs> one of <laughs> us cooked
0: we were bachelors out there we ate boyo tropical like all yeah. Day, every yeah. day yeah so jamaican food huh? jamaican food oh you man. were like super into jamaican it food. it was bro. spicy there's no <laughs> spicy
1: food <real laughs> there. Man. that's so true the green chili yeah I'm yeah. telling you but uh uh Living there was almost was almost lonely, man. It, yeah. was, it it was interesting, and I think that's part of how we grew our relationship. was I mean, even though we're here, you're here, you were here, and I was in Las Cruces, we still knew each other. So we right. we we became attached to what was familiar. Right, right. You right. know, and and that's how I feel.
0: I kind of coped with being there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just having your friendship. I mean, it was it was cool, and it was it was definitely one of those experiences. I think you know, moving to a city where where you don't have any friends don't have any family it's tough it's tough and it's a lot tougher i think than it even sounds because i thought i was like good you know and i remember like month seven month eight being away from my family and friends and being away from all those nights that they were having fun and my family's cookouts and things like that it it was tough you know it was really tough because it was lonely out there But yeah, I remember you and Juan Ochoa, you know, Juan, another one from uh, New Mexico, but we all hung out. We're probably the only Mexicans out there, (laughs) but uh, it was, it was really cool. And it was definitely an experience. I think more of a, you know, a self-aware experience and a kind of a a humbling experience to really appreciate the friends and family that you do have in your life. You know, I remember coming back to visit the first time in El Paso and I was like, like I missed all you guys like I wanted a hug and not let go of anybody you know because being away that long it does it does take a toll but I could say you know being out there for almost four years for me getting past that was was really rewarding for me and I, I was so grateful to do it because it just made you a lot it made me a lot stronger you know I came back and I was just like I'm coming back because I get to come back and it's my decision you choose to come yeah yeah exactly it's and your choice and um, it's, it's cool, man. I think it's definitely a, a, an experience for anybody to move out of a small city, especially, you know, um, and experience something like that, that can be life-changing and eye-opening too, because I sure. learned a shitload yeah. of stuff out there. Um, oh, What, what was, was one yeah. of you, you started managing a store out there. Yeah. What was one of the biggest lessons that you learned um, out there as a manager, as a first time manager? And I'm really kind of leading up to what you're doing now, just because I think the story of where you started, how you started how you know we didn't have a lot of experience but all those things led up to knowledge that, that you're now using today you Absolutely know? for sure. So what were some of those challenges that you faced So as a manager out there you know what aside it, from competing with me <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I, I think one of the
1: toughest things not not toughest things, but one of the things that really sticks out to me when I look back and connect the dots on life and, and how my mindset has grown to this is you got to problem solve you know it, life is like life is about problem solving as much as you possibly can and the more problems you can solve the better off your life is going to be and 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 that doesn't necessarily mean go looking for problems to solve but if somebody comes to you with a need finding out how to fulfill that need right and and one of the toughest things as a manager is teaching somebody that mindset of fulfilling the need of the person that's in front of you and actually really giving a shit about them, you yeah. know? Really it's giving a Florida. shit about them, for sure, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Given, get really really caring. Um, and, and I think one of the toughest struggles was, was finding the right people. Finding that the man. right people because there, there's, there's good salesmen who can sell. Yeah and push and make somebody buy but well, what happens if if you've ever been in the sales industry where if you're like wireless or anything like that there's something called a chargeback and if your sale isn't a clean sale and they continue on for six months they charge you back you can find the hustler push 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 but if they're not setting the right expectation so that retention, yeah that retention rate yeah yeah and if you're not making the right kinds of sales you're gonna to start to get charged back and that affects you negatively. Right. So one of the toughest things is transferring that mindset of fixing
0: someone else's problem or meeting someone else's need. That mindset is tough to teach. I think it, I think what you're kinda of saying is is having somebody that has those good intentions behind what they're doing. Not just for the money, but also because they actually give a shit. You gotta yeah. care. You gotta yeah. care about the people that's in front of you and
1: whether the decision is to do business with you or not you know you you offer a solution right and 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 you know they i think what was kind of interesting is is everything everything comes to it <clears throat> you know everything comes down to discovering what somebody needs and how can you help them fulfill that need even as a manager teaching your employee you know it's 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 very difficult sometimes to to uh teach your uh uh, teach an employee something new
0: because you need you need them to have that idea come from within right you know i think i think you have to just have somebody that's willing to accept or willing to learn you know having that learning that coachability um it's super important and that is probably one of the biggest things i learned too out there is finding the right people finding the right people you know I think with anything that you do, any any business, I mean, me even myself right now, and in real estate, I have to find the right people that are going to help me get the job done. You know, the Sosa's helped me get my marketing done, and they're the right people. And now I need help. I need another agent, but I need to find the right agent. You know, it's it's really important to find the right person because morals have a lot to do with it. You know, and somebody with crooked morals or or the wrong intentions can definitely hurt your brand your business your store yeah you know whatever it is yeah because if you as a manager bring somebody on like that that reflects right on
1: you as the manager who accepted that person and fostered them and nurtured
0: them and then something bad happens it's tough it's really really tough who was your who was your best hire or what was that one employee that you hired that you helped really kind of you know um, mold or shape into that that individual or that perfect employee so I, I don't and to say that I don't think there's such thing as a perfect employee no there, no there no well there's no such thing as a perfect employee no never
1: never is but I I have one guy right now Zach shout out to you boy but uh, he's my perfect employee man that guy is yeah. freaking awesome I've but uh, at, at, at the time uh, there was a guy named Chris uh who uh, uh, I brought on to the team. Chris uh, Magliano. <laughs> Magliano. You remember him? Yeah, dude. Chris Magliano. Chris Magliano, shout out to you. Yep. I know he's on my social media. Too. Yep, yep, super awesome cat, man. And I remember him coming in, having a hustler mentality, big ass dude. Uh, played played college football and was a, a bouncer, big bouncer, at one intimidating. The, <laughs> at, one of those, at, at that, the at, one of the dude top, ever cl- at one of the top clubs in Miami, at, at Blue Martini. Yeah, Blue Martini. At Blue Martini. Um, but one of the coolest dudes, most down to earth dudes that you've ever met. Right. You know, and and you know to to have somebody on the team who personality kind of breaks the stigma of what they look like is uh very interesting to me because i i I look for the for those kinds of people because those people usually connect better and and something about this guy is he was a good connector and and you know really finding something in common and 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 attaching to that you find a way to care about somebody right and i remember and relate to them and relate to them and within a few months he became a store manager and was competing with me. <laughs> he was competing that. with yeah, me. I remember that. Was competing with me, so I'll never forget Chris
0: Magnano, man. Yeah. Cool-ass cat. That's cool. That's really cool, man. Yeah, Diamond was, was definitely fun. Um, I had some really cool employees, too. Actually, just this last vlog that we just released today, right? Um, Chris, one of my employees, he was actually number two in the market. I was number one, and then Chris Rosetta was number two. Well, he came to visit. He was here last week. Uh, First time in in El Paso, so he he had a good time. But, uh, you know, he's one of those employees that I would say probably is one of those perfect employees that I found over there. Just because he fit the role so perfect for what I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to be a powerhouse. And even though he had no sales experience, I only hired him. I legit only hired this guy because in the interview, like, he stopped me midway. He looks at me and goes, man, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance, man. Just give me a chance. Just give me a shot. Just give me a chance. (laughs) I'm looking at him, I'm like... All right, man, you're hired. You're hired. (laughs) Fuck it, you know? Yeah. But I only did that because I went with my gut, and I felt a good vibe from this guy, and I felt like, you know, even though he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing, I saw the the want and the will to learn, you know? And within a couple months of breaking through his shell because he's super shy... He became one of the top producers, you know. Yeah. It's it's just insane. So something you just said is
1: is that you followed your gut. Yeah. You know, and and I love that you said that.
0: I'm intuitive as hell, bro. Like, Same. I, Same. For the last like five seven years, I could say that every decision that I've made up until this point has all been intuitive. Yeah. You know, I, I follow my gut. I have to because at the end of the day, I don't trust myself. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay, I trust my gut more than yeah. myself. Yeah. So. And and to date, you know, I've been I've been making I feel like I've been doing some good decisions and on the right path. So, I definitely do believe in being intuitive. You know, I God. think it's. I'm it's glad important. that you said that. Um, you
1: know, I I remember there was, I was I could never beat you, whether it was here or it was in Miami. I was, Manny was number one. I was freaking number two, and I could never beat him. And I remember I remember thinking to myself. There is something that he knows or something that he's doing that I'm not doing. And I remember asking you. I remember asking you. I specifically remember asking you when we, we were about to go out to the hard rock. And that night I really- actually bet you. Uh, I actually, We bet on the Canelo fight. Canelo and Mayweather fight. I lost, lost a- oh, I lost lost my oh okay. I, I lost I lost my ass that night. Your boy don't lose. I boy
0: don't lose.
1: But I, re- I remember this night very very clearly. And and I asked you what is it like? What are you do? and and something you said was I read books. <laughs> I said I said, I read books. What does that mean? What does that mean? I don't freaking read books. I don't read books. What like what does that mean? And and that stuck with me, man. That stuck with me. And ever since then. I follow my gut, man. I follow my gut because I knew that there was something about you that I couldn't figure out. What is it? And when you follow the, the, your gut instinct, you start to learn and
0: pick certain things out mm-hmm. when you follow your gut. Duty. I think you stop ignoring the obvious, yeah. too, you know, because I think there's a lot of times where people will put themselves in a position or an environment that they don't want to be in. And they still decide to stay there or be there. And for me, I've I've realized that I have one hundred percent control of my environment, of my life. So if I don't like somebody, or if somebody doesn't like me, I'm not a fighter. First of all, I won't start. You know, I don't I don't do that. But I don't have to pretend or fake it. You know, like I don't have to be in that environment, and I don't have to put myself through a little show of acting. Um, I just won't be around you. You know, that's just me personally, because I just don't need to, I don't need to put myself in that position for sure. And knowing that and understanding that you have 100 control, 100% control of your decisions, of your environment, you're in, you're in the fucking driver's seat. You know, that gives you even more freedom, I think, in the decisions that you make, because it's (laughs) like, if I fuck up, like... It's me, you know, dude, it, I did that. It trips me out. Like my
1: my thought, my mindset, and my thought process, is exactly the same. Right. I, I think like I I really feel that if you don't if you don't believe that you're in control of your situation, like like what what's the point of, of even doing anything? Right. Why are you even gonna make a decision? Just let everything happen and it's gonna go right by you. Yeah. Ha- living in the driver's seat, bro. That's
0: crazy. Yeah,
1: definitely. I've never heard anybody else say that. Like like. At least from my peers, man. I've never yeah. heard anybody say that.
0: Yeah, it's it's something that I'm really happy that I just realized now, you know. Before I was 50 years old and I'm like, fuck, I could have controlled everything, you know. Um, so talking about being in control now, talking about being able to be in that driver's seat, let's talk about, you know, the progress now of your of your journey. You started, you know, no sales experience to to learning some stuff and then you got promoted out there to – The East Coast, you learned a whole bunch. Um, After that, you know, after Miami, what happened? What was that process like for you before you started, obviously, your your roofing slash now construction job, which we're going to get into. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But what was what what happened after Miami? Because I know after Miami, you know, there was so much stuff, I think, that happens in businesses in general, just businesses that are trying to grow at a rapid, rapid speed. You know at the time diamond wireless acquired 150 stores in one month like yeah. literally 150 stores needed 150 new managers A hundred. needed A hundred like employees like 450 to 800 new employees having to run to, these stores having to hire the training people? the retain, the the dropout rate that we're going through the retention was so high the retention rate was like freaking 90 percent. it was horrible like everybody was just it was like a fucking little training camp that you would go through for three months to learn get paid hourly and then you quit you know so it was really bad and a lot of stores you know that we took over weren't doing so good they weren't doing so hot um, so what happened what happened after you know you end up coming back right yeah so yes. I, moved, I moved back from Miami <clears throat> you make mistakes
1: you know, every everybody makes mistakes, and and what you have to do is you have to learn from them. Mm. You know, and uh, you know I made a very dumb mistake while I was there, which caused me to lose my job. Um, and that's that's where where like your honest your honesty goes in the check. You know mm. your 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 honesty and your ego. Like I got popped in the face with that shit, dude. I got popped in the face with 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 doing things the right way. So. Um, I moved back to, to Las Cruces, uh, confused. Uh, didn't understand why that happened to me because so many people were doing the same thing that I was doing and nobody got caught for it, or, or <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And just it's, it's it's but what I'm saying is just it's it's incredible because you get popped in the face when you're if 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 you let a little seed a bad seed in you take any sort of control of your life it will it it has the potential to ruin you and ruin and affect those people that are around you right um at the time it wasn't i mean it wasn't a big deal um it wasn't a big deal uh but it it ended up costing me my job i ended up coming back to las cruces that's being completely transparent you know not 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 a lot of people are willing to be completely open and honest with you i have no problem doing that right um so so, it cost me cost my cost me my job I moved back to Las Cruces I remember being confused I stayed in Miami for I think two months I blew all my money I, I went to the Bahamas I I, I, it. It. I like, man I was doing all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff Nick's Beach yeah it's yeah fun. all the time, all and, the time. And, and just lived life for a while yeah, and yeah. spent all my money and uh, came back uh, realized what the heck I had done and and uh started
0: i almost I, just, I hit reset button i hit the reset button before you hit that um i know there's a stigma like for sure in el paso uh you know if you leave out of town and you come back you're a failure you didn't make it you know <laughs> and yeah what what were some of those thoughts that were going through your head aside from the conversion, sure. you know for sure um i know because that's normal you know that there's nothing wrong with those films yeah. coming up but how do you think feeling those feelings of confusion of of you failed or or those feelings how do you think you use those feelings to kind of plan or prepare for your next sure move before sure. you hit that reset sure so so
1: you definitely you definitely hit a low so so you know when you know coming back i'm like damn i'm back in cruises i'm back in cruises and and cruises is notorious for people leaving coming back they're like oh just it happens all the whole time just yeah. another person you know And, and that's how I felt like, uh, and just, uh, and I felt like, damn, like I was the one who made it out out of all my graduating class. I was the one who, who left and I didn't, I I mean, I don't, I still don't have a college degree or anything like that. Um, you know, you know, so, so I was, I I was out there hustling, trying to make it happen for myself and it, it was on its way. It was definitely on its way. And, um, still is I guess you can say but uh, you definitely hit a low man you, you hit a I, I I hit a low um, just didn't know what to do and you know I felt like I got caught in the routine of things because I came back and I started working for another cell phone company uh eighteen you were with what was comfortable what was what was comfortable man right. and be, because that's what I knew and I mean I, I would kind of try I would half ass it at work I would go and I would half ass everything and it showed, you know, it really, really showed. You, you, I don't think you were you were in it anymore. No, so, definitely not. Definitely not. It your beat heart me down. wasn't in it. Yeah. it. beat me down. It beat me down because I knew that what I did was wrong and it was my mistake, and and I felt ashamed. I felt like if you ever read the book, the Scarlet Letter, I felt like like I was like I had like the shame on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that that that's really what I felt like. Right. Was it like that? No. Now that I look back, I'm like, why am I being so dramatic? Right. You know? <laughs> like, why am I making it such a big deal? Come back. You hit you hit yourself like
0: square in the face and you keep going. I think, I think, too, like one of my mentors, I just watched one of his uh, videos he just posted. And um, I think it's probably the dopest thing that could happen is when you do hit that rock bottom, the only other place to go is up. You know, it can't get shittier than that. Right. And for you to be at that point where you're like... Yo, it can get shittier than this. Like there's nothing really I have to lose. That I think is is such an awakening moment for a lot of people too. Because I've been there, I think a couple of times, you know, where I've had to hit reset and just like refigure my life out. Yeah. Right before I hit right before I got my real estate license, that's exactly what I did. You know, and I took a, a, a gamble and I went into a career that I wasn't familiar with, but I just knew that I liked sales. And I knew I like to help people, you know, Same. and you, I I if, if I could do both of those things be and happy. it could make me happy and I can make a lot of money doing it, I mean, why not do that? You know? So I think, I think having that kind of awakening moment and being at that rock bottom where it's like, shit, the only other place I could go now is up because you can't really talk any more shit after I've been all the way at the bottom. Just like Eminem, you know, when he's making fun of himself on eight yeah. mile, yeah. you know, you you leave everybody with nothing else to say when you're at that point. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, something that I heard or, or I read it one time was you can't have a breakthrough without a breakdown. That's true. And and and, and, like and dang, man, that that blew my mind when yeah. when I heard that. Like, you can't have a break through without having a breakdown. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't have that next step without feeling like you ran into something and you hit yourself hard and you feel stuck or you feel scared that should be a, 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 an exciting moment right you know that yeah, should be an yeah.
0: exciting moment because you're about to have a breakthrough and, and what what do a lot of people do though you know because i know you've seen it too you've seen people where they're at their lowest point mm-hmm. and it's like just go a little bit more you're there push, you know push. You, you're you're so close but a lot of people i think you know the majority 60 70 of the people won't pass that breakdown you know They'll just let it beat them down and beat them down and beat them down. So what what advice do you have for somebody that is going through that breakdown right now to get through that breakthrough?
1: That and that that's uh that's tough, man. That's tough because you really have to do searching within. You know, you, you really have to you really have to find yourself within. And and you know, you have to you have to ask yourself you know what are you doing why are you doing it and and just and break yourself down and, and really ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing one of my mentors he he sent me this link in, and uh, uh, it basically gives you your why and you yeah. have to understand why you are doing something right and and you know going through that process of understanding my why uh, is what helped me get through that breakdown because it got worse it got worse than, than just moving back and me doing half assed work um, but it didn't get worse uh, for my mental uh, situation it got worse for my financial situation which is a yeah. totally different <laughs> which is <a> totally <laughs> which, different which has breakdown. a lot of effect on the mental correct situation too, correct you know. and ha- it, you know a totally different situation but uh, finding out your why and and really knowing like hey man you're really doing this to help people don't forget that don't forget that your your life should be lived to uh, help somebody else you know the more people you help the more money you're gonna make right and and it's it's a it's it's just a, a It's the law of compensation or or whatever you want to call it. You know, first you give, then you receive. There's Mm -hmm. law of reaping and sowing. Just depending
0: on how you look at things. uh, Karma, you know. I actually posted a story. I posted a story yesterday. I had a closing yesterday. and got a check. But every time I do get paid, like, I'm legit. Like, I look at this envelope. It says commission on it. And I'm, like, really, like, grateful. Like, I'm super grateful to just be in a position, for one, to help families out in one of the biggest investments that they're ever going to make. And two, just to be part of that memory. That memory is going to last a lot longer than that check ever is, you know. Mm. But getting that check at the end of the day just kind of makes me realize every dollar that I do make is the direct reflection of somebody that I'm helping. You know, so every family that I do help, I get compensated for it. And as realtors, I mean, it's we all do, you know, but... I think the after effect of it, the the long term effect of it, is more rewarding than the monetary, for sure. You have you, know? you and you have to think about it like that. Yeah. And, I think, think and, it, and it I think, and I think if that. you don't, you're probably not doing what you love. You know, um, I think there's a big, a fine line between doing what you're doing to make a lot of money and not be happy, and doing what you're doing because you love it, and it's still making you a lot of money, but you're in love with what you're doing. You know, um, and I think there's a fine line be. be um, distinguishing that. A lot of people don't see that. And that's why a lot of people are miserable. You know, that's why you do see. I know, you know, a lot of people with a lot of money, you know, and they're freaking Live a sad miserable. life, dude. Yeah, yeah. Live a sad life. So, so I think really understanding your why, you know, why you're doing it, what really makes you happy and then figuring out how to monetize that after money follows. It doesn't lead, you know, and that's been the model that I've been following for the last three years. And that model for me has just been been game-changing because focusing on you know everything but money has brought so much money you know it's, it's crazy. crazy yeah it's a yeah.
1: it, it's a uh, it's, uh, it's one of those indirect correlations yeah you know? definitely it's, like it's, it's, hit it's an equation. yeah so so well, what happened from there is is you know i hit i hit a rock bottom and and i started to ask myself the why and i think it was a, kind of the same i don't know how you felt moving back from miami i don't know what you're Feelings were when you moved from Miami back to El Paso. I'm sure they were somewhat similar. I I know that they were a little bit different, but but somewhat similar in in the sense of like you're back, but people didn't understand
0: why. Yeah, you know, and I I'll tell you this for sure for sure. When I moved back, I literally was thinking one hundred percent of myself and my goals. I got my license in Miami, and I when I got my license before I got my license I put goals. You know. And it's I crazy. was working on my
1: license before you were working on yours. Yeah, you were.
0: <laughs> you, you were talking to me about real estate because you were working with a builder, and I remember being in my Miami apartment playing with the ducks at the lake. <laughs> and I, you were telling me about real estate, and you're like, you should get into it. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, I'm figuring stuff out right now. This is after, you know, network marketing and buy and everything. And um and I, I got my license, but I had a list of goals, and it's crazy that we're doing this right now, but I had a list of goals. One of them was to have the number one real estate YouTube channel. One of them was to have a podcast. Hell yeah. You know, One of them was to become the first millionaire in my family. One of them was to become the number one agent in the city. Um, These were all huge goals. Like, goals that I was like, I don't even understand how real estate works and I have these big ass goals, you know? But when I came to visit El Paso, I saw El Paso, I saw the growth. And it was a no-brainer for me. It was literally like a... It wasn't a, oh, shit, I wonder what people are going to think. It was more like a, damn, I have these goals, big-ass goals. I just got my license in the city I don't know nobody in. I'm going to have to start from scratch. But I'm coming here. The city's growing. My network's here. All my friends here, family's here. All my friends are in the age right now that are buying houses. Move back. (laughs) I need need to be here. This is the time to be here. And I think when you put the pride aside, when you put the... Oh, what are people going to think? Who gives a shit what they think, you know? This was one of the best decisions that I made because at the end of the day, I know Miami's still there, you know? Need- I've I already gone three times, going on four times um, this year. You know, I could go any month. I could go every month if I wanted. But the whole point is where am I building my legacy? Where am I building the growth? Where am I going to build my brand, my name, you know? And for sure, for sure, hands down, my intuition told me, Stay here. Yeah, and And now what am I doing? My podcast. I got my (laughs) YouTube channel. Yeah, you know,
1: helping a local business grow itself exactly from within. Exactly from within. Yeah. So So. that's how I got into real estate too. Is is that so? That same thought process was was crossing through my head. Is that you know, I'm back in Las Cruces. So what do you do with a bad situation? Is like you flip it, man. You like so I decided to flip it. So I'm back. I've been back for a little while. Working on my real estate license. Uh, go through all my certifications, get mm-hmm. certified to be a realtor On uh, New Mexico, working at T-Mobile at the time, and a good friend of mine, JR, introduced me to a builder, uh, GL Green, which is what, what he, they were one of the most prestigious custom home builders in Las Cruces. They're, they're not in business anymore, but one of the most prestigious home builders in Las Cruces. And um, you don't need to have your real estate license to work with a broker or to to, to sell builders' homes in New Mexico. Right. So so it's it's a it's a little bit different there. So I didn't have to go through taking my test or anything. So I was able to start instantly. So I started working uh, with this custom home builder, um, G. L. Green, dude. Some of the craziest, craziest, craziest homes you've ever seen. I've had the pleasure and the. Uh, opportunity to work on them and you know so at first it started off as I was doing sales for them so I was trying to sell their 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 houses and uh, them being a prestigious builder in Las Cruces at the time the market didn't support a 300 400 500 I remember thousand dollar houses $800,000 houses at the time you look at the and now I can now I can look back and look at the market and understand everything like nothing but at the time the average price of, you know, a home's sale was between you know one hundred and sixty five to one hundred eighty
0: five. Yeah. You know, the market and the market. We were. I was in the was wrong the market. I was. Yeah.
1: In, I wasn't in the wrong market. I was in the market at the wrong time, working with the wrong. I, it just. It just wasn't the right timing. It just wasn't, it wasn't the, the, the right, right timing, vehicle. Correct. Me, yeah. Um. But I. I had the opportunity to sit next to, uh, the guy who ran the show, and when I say run the show, I mean run the show he would design everything he would he was very very proficient autocad so i got to see how he would design all the homes i got to sit in and and take part in designing homes um you know he he would uh, he built this whole estimating system and being a salesperson for them i had to learn how to you know, navigate it, use it. Right. And I, I mean, I, I didn't go to, I didn't go to college. So I don't know anything about Excel. Like I'm looking at this spreadsheet, like, Holy smoke.
0: Yeah. I self taught myself. It took me like three years. Yeah. So (laughs) So
1: I sat next to this guy, Kelly Fort. I am eternally grateful for this guy. He's one of my mentors for sure. I talk shit with him on a daily basis. Um, but, uh, Kelly Fort, I got to sit down next to this guy literally read every email that he was sending uh i was a part of pretty much every conversation i got to listen to his phone calls i got i got i got the chance to just kind of be like a like his little pet you know and i got to overhear everything and i learned so freaking much there it was a commission-based job so if you sell you get paid if you don't you don't i was getting paid a, a minimal amount for you know a certain period of time and then I cashed out I sold a $400,000 house and I helped design it with uh, with Kelly and um, you know I'm like hell yeah I can do this let's do it take me off hourly I want to be on commission you know that, that pride kicked in yeah. I went seven months without getting paid <laughs> I went seven months without getting paid holy shit I went seven months without getting paid fucking in real estate <laughs> seven months without getting paid um went shit broke but I got to sit next to this guy. Yeah. Um, the knowledge was a lot more than... My tuition was paid for in time uh, uh, and uh, credit card debt. <laughs> With time and credit card debt. But I, I mean, I, I would sit next to this guy. So he's a... a Kelly, uh, a little bit of background on this guy. So he's a, he, I think he has his MBA. I'm not sure if he has his MBA or not. But I know he's a, a civil engineer. So he's a PE civil engineer so I mean this guy is just smart up, he knows anything you talk to him about he knows about it mm. it's it's incredible and the homes he builds are incredible um I had the opportunity to, to just to just mirror what he was doing and copycat and really so what did you do with that now? I mean where where did you take that where did you go with that so so seven months with no pay is tough <laughs> you know it doesn't matter who you are um I started for working for another general contractor in Las Cruces. So, me getting uh, the opportunity to sit next to Kelly and literally walk through these houses, and because he's an engineer, he's so into everything that I'm learning about how electrical is ran, how plumbing is ran, and why we need to do this, and and you know how many how many you know what's the slope for the pitch of the roof, and all kinds of stuff. I got to learn all these things. Um, so when i when i got to that point i one of uh, a guy I went to high school with he had his his uh construction company uh had a badass truck you know i was all it, w- it was attractive because you know you see that the type I, I got to see the numbers of what a real estate agent would make versus what the builder would make in that kind of
0: so um last we left off we were talking You know we've been talking a little bit about your journey right where you started we haven't really got into the business part just yet I think it's really important for people to know your journey um, to kind of see where you started where you got off where your mentality used to be to where it is now you know sure so kind of summing up you know a little bit about the story you just told us for the audience that's just tuning in you know you started working at diamond wireless selling cell phones you moved out to Miami Learned a whole bunch as a manager out there, had a lot of life experiences, stuff didn't work out. You moved back to New Mexico with kind of your tail in between your legs, you know, Yep. Um, and kind of beating yourself up maybe, you know, and which is totally normal. And um, now we're kind of talking about, you know, having that breakthrough moment in your life where you were at the bottom, you know, you were rock bottom and you had that breakthrough. You, you, you were able to pass that. And start seeing the success. Start seeing the, the you know the sun on the other side. So let's pick up where we left off. Um, you just finished working with a builder.
1: You got yeah. into real estate. So so I was working with one of the most prestigious builders at the time, G. L. Green. Um, and when you work for, when you're in real estate, so understanding real estate really comes down to construction. And I had no idea. And and one of my favorite quotes is hindsight is twenty twenty. So once you go through something. You can look back on it and understand how everything connects. Right. You know? Not just um, power. For sure. Right. For sure. So so I was working for one of the top builders or one of the most prestigious builders. Uh, and it just wasn't working out financially. So uh, at the time, I was on the real estate side trying to, you know, get people into purchasing a custom home build with us. Um so, I started working for a contractor. So, like I said, he was a, a, a young guy who uh, I went to high school with. Right. Uh, he was a couple years older than me, uh, had some badass trucks. Uh, like, I just remember,
0: like, damn, like, he's young and he's doing it. Like, what is he? What the hell? Like, what? Is that, that motiv- make motivation for you? For like sure. Somebody you could look up to? Yeah, especially absolutely. being around your same age, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I'm like, what is this guy doing? That he's like... Like he can cruise up and roll up in a badass Raptor. And I'm over here in my
0: 2002
1: Chevy. Silverado? Chevy. And
0: <laughs> hey, get, tell him about this. <laughs> oh, my God. We were in Miami once. He lived out in Miami. Uh, he moved out to the same time I did. And uh, your starter, starter right? went out. Your starter went out. Couldn't get to it. And me and this guy were like the only friends that we had out there. So me with the the mechanical experience that I did have... We probably had, like, one tool. We probably had, like, a screwdriver. It wasn't even the right tool that we needed to install a starter in a truck. But we got it done. We got I, I crawled into the truck. It was raining. It was nighttime. We were being rained on the whole time that we were working on the car. I couldn't see anything. We were literally, like, I was fixing the starter. It was the day before like, Thanksgiving. blind. The day before Feeling Thanksgiving. Shit. Or yeah. the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, or Thanksgiving yeah. Thanksgiving Day. Definitely, yeah. That was crazy. That was yep. a crazy time. So you see this guy that you went to high school with, Holy having smokes. all the success. Yeah, like has helped. a lot of money, has a raptor, has all the cool stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm like, what? What is he doing? So uh, he posted on Facebook. He's like, "Hey, dude, I need, I need a personal assistant." Or, or he didn't. He didn't message me, but he posted and said, "Looking for a personal assistant." I'm like, you know what? I, I mean, I'm not a personal assistant, but I can, I can help. Um, my background, my knowledge I know construction He had a construction company So I, I understood the industry I had the right knowledge And not only did I have the right knowledge But, you know, he was he was asking about buying this big old house I took him serious And, and I think, you know, me trying to get him into this house Kind of like, like a, uh, Opened his eyes about who I really was And what I was really capable of So he brought me on the team uh, and so I started at the, at the time there was a huge roofing boom. That was when there was a ton of uh, hailstorms. Uh, hail yeah. yeah, like it, there was. That it, hit all Paso, of It was crazy, man. It was crazy what happened. Uh, just a ton of roof jobs. So I came in and I'm like, I don't really know anything about restoration, but I can learn. Um, so I came in and started learning okay, this is what something damaged looks like. I know what something. New looks like and what it should look like, but what does it look like when it's damaged? And needs to be what is old, what is weather So I, I had to have to put myself in an opera in a position where I could learn. Um, so I started working for this guy, and dude, it took off quick. Like I, I picked it up. I understood the industry. Uh, my sales background really came into play. It was a commission based job, um, but this guy, I mean, he would take uh, vacations and he'd be out of town and. You know, I'm, I'm here, you know, basically running this guy's business, and, you know, it, it was tiring, man. It was super tiring. You all right there, buddy? Yeah, yeah,
0: I <laughs> I'm just uh, there go.
1: There you go. Uh, so I, I, was, I was running this guy's business, essentially, and the only thing that I really wouldn't do is write a check, to the employees you know yeah i mean uh, he he i specifically remember he took a trip to uh south america for like two months and i'm out there just grinding my ass off but it was fun man i like i loved it i loved it because i like seeing something just completely change so he really turned me on to the whole restoration side of things and and you know seeing something transform from something bad to something good or something old to something new something destroyed to bring
0: it life you know yeah
1: to, to, to bring it to life so I really took hold of the industry of the restoration side of things um, and thankfully he was a, a general contractor as well and I owe a lot to this guy um, because I learned so much while working there when I was working for GL Green like I said I got to see how these spreadsheets were made uh, contracts and this guy was missing all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to help. Like, I, I knew what I was doing was good, but I could do more than just that. And I really, I, I wanted to, and, you know, I tried to, to kind of think of ways. I mean, he was set up, man. He, like, he knew what he was doing. But I felt that I had a, a, a different perspective on things because of where I had just come from. You know, I came from someone who's a, a professional engineer, uh, a, a certified civil engineer. Uh, you know, and when you're dealing with somebody like that, they are meticulous. They calculate everything out. Right. That's what an engineer does. They're numbers. They're numbers guys. So I just absorbed the hell out of it because I sat next to this guy mm-hmm. all day. And, um, you know, when I was working for this guy, I wanted to implement these things because I, I, I got to sit in on conversations where... Uh, uh, when I was working for GL Green on how to negotiate with our vendors. I got to sit in on these conversations uh,
0: as part of my job but I mean I I feel so lucky. So in essence you got got to see a lot of the back end a lot of the front end you got to get the entire perspective Mm -hmm. from your previous employers. Right. You know this isn't something that you just met one guy and he showed you the whole world. Correct. You were taking pieces of jobs that you were doing um, they were getting you to those breaking points sometimes, but you were taking all the knowledge, you were taking all those pieces and combining them and putting them together from building my machine, them, yeah. you know, building my machine, and and yeah,
1: I, I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Um, so from 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 taking this information, you know, from from Green, and and learning how to calculate everything out there was so much that i wanted to implement for arc i felt like it and that's something that's something that i can look back on now and really like be proud of is everywhere that i've worked i felt that it was my business and my company and it, it was, took ownership and it was me you're yeah. exactly right ownership mm-hmm. ownership even when I, I worked apple tech support over the phone and I was, like my phone. I was 17, phone. 18 years old, you know. Yeah. I thought I was like a freaking cool-ass kid. And I remember, I remember, you know, telling uh, uh, people, you know, if you need help with your phone. Like it, so every, everywhere that I've ever worked, I felt like that ownership. And I've always wanted the truly kept my business's best interest at heart and not my own. Right. You know, and, and when I was working for him, I wanted to implement all these things. But it wasn't my dollar to spend. And I didn't realize how expensive things can <laughs>
0: Yeah. really freaking get. expensive. Yeah. It can
1: get expensive, man. Um, you know, so so I, I was working for this guy and wanted to implement all these things, and I felt like I was being neglected almost because he was out taking vacations, and you know he would be out mashing in the desert in his dirt bike, you know, mashing in the desert in his dirt bike, and I'm trying to get a hold of him because. I'm I'm trying to purchase something.
0: or Running his business. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm so. running his business. He's out dicking around, and I don't have access to these things, and it was tough for me to work, and it's, that's a tough environment to work in. Yeah. Um, but never did I ever, you know, uh, uh, cross the line of of taking uh, uh, that foot to the next level and saying, hey, well, you know what? I'll just do it myself. I, I wasn't allowed to do that because it wasn't my dollar display. Right, right, right. You know, I, I couldn't make those actions happen. So, one day I literally just decided, like, hey, I understand how to restore things. I have all the right contacts. But when when I started working for him in his business, he was buying material. And if and if, and if you know anything about. Contracting or anything like that or, or purchasing and selling anything, if you know anything about that, you buy from a wholesaler or, or a vendor and then you sell it. You don't buy from a retailer so you don't go buying from Home Depot. You mm-hmm. don't go buying from Lowe's. Those are places that, you know, customers go to Mm -hmm. that that's not where you go that's not your manufacturer person right so so you got to go directly to the source i was able to implement those things into his business and i remember seeing thousands of dollars that i saved for him and me not really see like a a a compensation or or anything like that which was okay it was okay with me because i was like oh hell yeah he's in it to win it with me we're gonna work together which which that's what it was it was working towards because Obviously, I was doing something right. I mean, if he's taking trips and doing shit, man, like something was going right. The business was running. I decided to do it for myself. I was sick of having to answer to somebody. I knew the potential that this could possibly have. Um, I decided to take a a leap of faith and, and from one day to the next, I started looking at names and and what i should do i said hey you know what we had a conversation we're not going to work together anymore and that was that um me being the hustler that i am i don't mind going and knocking on somebody's door and saying hey how are you mm-hmm. you know it's almost like like pitching when somebody's walking by yes it's hustling. stopping it's them in work. their yeah. tracks bro that's tough that's tough so I had no problem doing that. I was already doing it already. So I just went and did it for myself. And I remember specifically, it was, I, it was almost like Miami. (laughs) Everything happens so quick. You don't have time to think. You just have time to react. Just go. Mm -hmm. And, um, I specifically remember there was this lady that we were about to do a job for, um, or the, the first lady that we're doing a job for, uh, I had met her, I went door knocking in this neighborhood, I met this lady, um, she said that she actually needed her roof done. Um, I was in process, I didn't even have my business name picked out or anything, I didn't have anything set up yet. Um, so I said, okay, well, I, I showed her, you know, hey, this is how you look up somebody's license, this is how you look up all these all these different things, and I'm like, oh shit! How well? How am I gonna perform
0: this? <laughs> you know how? How am I so gonna you, get this done? <laughs> okay, so. How am I gonna get this done? So you, you parted ways. You parted, parted ways ways with yeah. this guy. Uh huh. You decided to be your own boss. You didn't have any. So you didn't have any capital. You didn't have any material. You didn't have the truck that you Nothing. needed. You didn't have the material. You didn't have workers. No. You're so, just knocking on doors, knocking on doors, so, and figuring it out later. <laughs> right, right. So,
1: so, so
0: the interesting part about
1: it is, is that you know, when I was working um, for uh, the restoration contractor, I took it upon myself to go and learn how to work on the field, and and you know, it's one thing to be a general contractor that can just say, hey. You know, we need we need stucco work done. We need a roof done. But it, but I put myself in a learning situation where I would go out. I would I'm d- darker than what I am now. <laughs> darker than what I am now. I would go out there. I'd bust my ass in the hot ass sun, and I put in my time. You know, I put in my time. Learned how 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 things are, how things work, what is,
0: how to install things. Properly. So, talk to me about that first experience. Then, so uh, you've obviously learned a lot. You took all, all the stuff that you learned. You implemented it. You had no. Ex- I mean, you had no experience running the business, as far as your own business. Right. But you got your first job. You know, you got this lady saying she needs a new roof. Yeah. What, so what did you do from that point? So, so the thing about it is, I already felt like I was running my own
1: business, mm-hmm. uh, because I was running the crews. I was I was out on the job sites. I was already doing it. I was already doing it, and and I I remember uh, uh, basic principles that you know your parents teach you when you're a kid is is if you want to if you want to get promoted I remember my mom and dad sitting me down if you ever want to get promoted you got to do what that next person would do so you you know whatever you want in life you got to start doing that before you get rewarded for it and right. it becomes real, um, so I operated like that and I operated as if it was my own business and ran things as if it was as if it was my own business because you have to you have to take that ownership and you have to give a shit and you have to care right um you know so so taking the time to understand quality and and fusing it you know fusing the the technical side of things with the uh uh side of
0: dealing with clients and dealing with customers I fuse those two together right but I guess my question is more or less what did you do You this lady said fix my roof you had no crew you had nothing what were the steps that you did how did you make that first deal happen right so, so uh, from being on the job site uh, you get to
1: know people and and you know just expanding your network at all times really pays off and really caring about who's around you pays off. And I will say this because if you don't care about the people, about your workers or, or the guys that are there actually doing the hard work, you know, those those are real people. They have real families. And if you don't if you don't take the time to get to know them, you know, it, it it'll show. But if you do take that time and you do put in that good energy and you do put in that care for somebody else, it, it it'll come back. And I specifically remember that they put me in touch with the crew. They said, hey, you know what? Here's a good crew. We like working for you. They, they they, essentially felt like I was the boss. They felt I owned the company. They thought... They didn't think that, but that's what they felt. You know, because I was running the projects, telling right. them what they needed to do. I was their boss. So, to them, they like, like, oh, yeah, go talk to them. Go talk to these guys. These guys will be able to do it for you. And the interesting thing is, is from one day to the next, I called them up. They... They say, hey, because it, people don't just work for anybody. You know, they, they have to, in this construction game, in this construction industry, you you have to uh, you have to put in your time and you have to get to know these people. Right. You have to know them. And um, they put me in touch with the right guys. And it just so happened that I knew the, that crew already. I knew that crew from being in Home Depot, talking with them, and just being... From networking. A real person. Just being, and I don't even consider it networking. It's just really like being a genuine person.
0: Mm. I'm,
1: I, don't, I don't really necessarily consider networking networking. I'm just talking and enjoying people's company and caring about those people. And that that is really like true networking. Right. So they were able to get on the job site. I, we were able to agree upon an amount. I already knew the rates of what things should be because of the, the spreadsheets and everything that I had already right. understood and took the time to, to learn, everything just came into place so quickly. And it's been a wild ride over the last year. Our first job, uh, we completed it in two days. I used all of my savings. I had $7,000 saved up in the bank account. I spent all my money on buying the material. On paying out the labor. Because when in this type of job, you have to buy your material before you, you to, get paid. Correct. You get paid after the job. Correct. Spent. Correct. Um, now that we have a, a good reputation and, and people know what we're doing and the quality of work that we bring, we are fortunate enough that we can ask for
0: deposit. And, and now we don't take so much liability on. But at the time, you have to risk it. Yeah. So what was that risk like? What was that going through your mind? Because... I know a lot of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs that I've had on this show you know have been in that same point where they're starting you know juice jerry um you have a bunch of people that used every dollar they had to make something work and there's always that risk of it not making not working you know so those seven thousand dollars that you had essentially starting your business your roofing business you basically funded your first roof Mm -hmm. on your own not knowing if it was gonna
1: follow through or not like yeah. who knows who knows yeah.
0: you know it, it it was uh
1: it was definitely one of those uh roller coaster moments you know that you just throw your hands up and like okay let's go for this ride right that that's that's the same feeling that you get you know that's the same feeling that you get that rush that of rush. adrenaline of like dude i just did this I can't, <laughs> that. Holy fuck, <laughs> I can't believe that fucking i can't believe yeah. that and everything's going through smooth you know the lady was happy and everything and you know, we were able to do right by her. Uh, and <laughs> this lady, uh, she had actually just been taken advantage of by a contractor. A contractor wrote her out a check for $27,000 or $26,000. She wrote a, con- a, a check to a contractor. It was at that time where all the whole hailstorm stuff was still going on. That contractor took those $27,000, deposited it in his bank account, took that money out, And said, "See you later." Didn't leave money. Didn't leave material. Didn't leave her roof torn off. Like he did nothing and Mm. took twenty seven
0: thousand dollars. How common is that, like in this roof? It's
1: uh, it's scary, dude. It's
0: really really scary. It's really scary. I think it's it's scary too. Cities seen that type of hailstorm or any type of storm that affects a lot of houses or cars or whatever in general. And you just see a flood of businesses from out of town coming to the cities. What advice do you have for people using those companies? Are those companies that you should be using, or should you try and stay local just because, you know, the type of job, the reputation that they've built in the city? Yeah, so so first off, I would definitely say first things first, make sure they're local.
1: Uh and the reason I say that is because when it comes time for warranty or if, God forbid something happens to a roof or whatever, if there's time where there's warranty issues these fly-by-nighters do they just take your money and then they're gone the next day what'd you call fly-by-nighters 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 these people just come and take your money and then they're gone so they're here for the quick buck you know so I would say definitely make sure that somebody's local Um, different states have different ways of looking up if somebody's a licensed contractor Uh, anytime that I uh, deal with a client I take the time To actually show them how to find out if somebody's a licensed contractor or not. Um, And then I also show them how to calculate how much their job should cost. So I take the time to educate my clients before we do business. So that way they can make an educated decision. If your contractor isn't willing to do that, um, then you may want to look for somebody else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You may want to look for somebody else. And, and I think that's something that separates us
0: because I'm willing to take that extra step. That's awesome, bro. Yeah. What are some of the biggest struggles or lessons that you've run into? How long? First of all, how long have you been in business? So we've been in business for uh,
1: one year. Uh, last month. Uh, the month of
0: July uh, June so just one year one year yeah just one year one year we've been and I remember I remember talking to you on the phone while you were working with the other contractor yeah I remember you talking to me on the phone while you were working with the builder I remember you talking to me on the phone when you were telling me that you're gonna do your own thing and I think I think what's crazy is for me hearing because it wasn't always face to face conversation yeah it's a lot on the phone but I think hearing the confidence that you had, from, especially from you coming back to Miami, because I remember coming to visit and we hung out. Yeah, for yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah, we hung but out. But I remember hearing you. Remember you that. were lost, you know. I remember seeing that and hearing that, and then I remember you getting mm-hmm. to that point where you decided to do your own thing. You were super confident. What are some of those struggles that, even though you know, as confident as you are, as as much faith as you have in your business in yourself. What are some of those struggles that you had to run into starting your business? Because it sounds to a lot of people listening like you jumped into something that you were just, you know, picking up as much as you could and then decided to just go full on into something that you weren't familiar with maybe a year ago or two before. Well, right? at, at, at that time, it
1: was about three three years. So I worked mm. for the builder for about two years right. and worked for the other contractor for about a year and a half. Mm. So, I, I, I mean, I had four four years four and a half years of experience before you know now now we're coming up probably about four years four and a half years of experience that i have under my belt of general construction and some of the toughest things that you face are you asking what the like the challenges that i face
0: yeah you in roof rescue what are some of the biggest struggles that you faced starting your business starting you ran into so so
1: so starting the business in our city, the contractors are, I mean, it's a, it's a small city, so everything is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So you have to do a good job. Or if you do a bad job, it's going to spread like wildfire and you're just, you're yeah. ruined, you're done. Reputation's done. everything. everything. Yeah. So, so one of the toughest things that I had was, was, that I faced was, I'm a young face. You know, I'm a young face in a city of old people where everybody already knows each other. Yeah, and and, so you and have 150 people. Right? Yeah, 150, yeah, hundred, yeah, hundred fifty thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hundred and fifty thousand people. So everybody already knows somebody, right? And 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 I mean that's difficult. Um, well, it's it's funny that you say that because you're actually part of the reason that our business has had so much success the second half of our, um, I guess, life. Um, Second like six months? So. Yes. Yeah, so, so you put out uh, some information that was talking about ORWs. Uh, f- for those of you who don't know what ORWs are, it's uh, every real estate transaction has uh, an inspection that's done. Uh, and when that inspection is done, the inspector gives the paperwork to uh, 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 the buyer who's buying the home, and they ha- either have uh, the option to object to buying it, which is the O, object to buying it, Uh, request to have something done before they buy it or they say hey I know this is messed up I'll buy it anyways and they sign that waiver so that's what the W is and I said holy smokes why am I not targeting Realtors Mm -hmm. and uh, I already had friends who were Realtors because when I was working for GL green you want to drive as much traffic in as possible so, who deals with people who are trying to buy houses? Realtors. Mm-hmm. I remember before I left G.L. Green, there was a, a guy by the name of Michael Carpenter. Another one of my mentors, Michael Carpenter. Freaking awesome guy. I was shit broke working for G.L. Green. <laughs> negative in my, in my bank account. Literally negative, like 3000 bucks. Like, holy shit, what am I about to do? I asked him if I could take him to lunch. And I said, I'll pay. I'll pay. Don't worry. How's your card
0: going through? I what bank know. do you have? This is well, crazy. <laughs> this is, is what negative negative three thousand dollars you still <laughs> taking people <laughs> out to lunch. Yeah, this this is well. What was your bank way? thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Negative.
1: I was literally <laughs> negative <laughs> three thousand bucks and I get I, I take Michael Carpenter out to lunch. Um so, I said, you know what, man, I have a connection with Ripta. I, I told him my situation, and I, I, I looked to him for mentorship. I asked him, like, hey, what do you think I should do? This is my situation. And he gave me advice, and he knew. I know for a fact that he knew that I was hurting. He knew that I was hurting for cash. Um, but he still accepted my offer, and that meant a lot to me at the time, that he accepted my offer of me taking him to lunch. Um and it's funny because now that we've come full circle, we actually set up a meeting with real estate agents and informed them on how we can help mm-hmm. through the real estate transaction process through the ORWs. And it came full circle. Um, I do business with realtors now, and I specifically have done business with Michael Carpenter. And those, that $7 turned into something
0: crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> he let you he connected you with a bunch of people so. yeah yeah and i think that's important too especially in our industry like you should have been hitting that realtor since the day you started yeah you know? yeah and that's something that you learned i mean off of conversations that you and i have had and stuff like that too um how how now talking a little bit about 2018 you know the day and age that we're in right now social yeah. media how have you utilized social media to really grow your brand because you starting off, you were competing against brands that were already, you know, well known. Right. Uh, companies that were already well known, roofers, and for you, you were a little fish in a big pond. You yeah. Know? Even though you're in a small city. Yeah. Um. So. Kind of talking about that, you know what? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, social media. Um, <laughs> what? how are you utilizing social media? How did you start utilizing social media? Because I remember when you did start, when you said that you're going to start and you know take this business and you're going to run with it and you're going to figure it out later. I remember seeing you so much on social media. And at the time, I had just gotten my real estate license out here. And I was looking at you and I'm like, fuck, man, this guy's doing a shitload of videos. He's all over social media. I want to do that, but I'm too shy. Or I felt at the time like, Maybe I need to figure real estate out first before I get yeah. on social media. You know, that's
1: crazy. It's crazy that you bring that up, because something that set me apart, I shit you not, is Facebook Live. Facebook Live, Facebook Live definitely set me apart. You know my uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, no, no, seriously, my Facebook audience, Live. my audience would remember me from my Facebook Lives. Even even my my lady over here, she.
0: She would she, like, and that was before. Is that, how you, is that how you found Chris? <laughs> you know, found Chris on yeah. Facebook Live? Oh, yep. yep. So like no. farmers only? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, but 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 really, it's it, I mean it's it's true. I mean before we were together or anything, we, um, I was working for the other contractor. I said, hey, I'm out here live. This is what we're doing. Just talking to people, telling them what the heck I'm doing, and people would remember that. People mm-hmm. would remember that, and and you know, uh, uh, you know, maybe somebody would share the video, or or my my woman would share the video, or something like that, and and people. It was a trickle effect. It was a trickle effect that happened through social media that I never anticipated. Right. But it stuck in people's brains because that's where people are at is on their phone. Yeah,
0: they're on their phone. And at the time too, I think you caught you caught it at a time where it was just. Not really seen Nobody was using it. Nowadays, I can tell you this, like, for sure, for sure, I'm very confident in saying that I'm the first realtor to do social media and to do it at this extent that we're doing it. But I will also say that there's now a ton of realtors that are doing it, which is, you know, it's, it's fantastic. You are a game changer. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's amazing. But I think catching it at that right time, too, where you're able to really separate yourself and really get distinguished by a lot of people because of that recognition. I see it, too, you know, with the podcast and with the vlog and just the social network in general, marketing that we're doing. I run into people and I'll run into people all the time that I've never met and just... Hey, you do interviews, don't you? Or hey, you do yeah. something on Facebook? No, that shit happens you know? to me too, man. <laughs> and, and that is what I think a lot of people, a lot of businesses are still lacking right yeah. now is is that social media exposure, social media marketing, and you know, even in real estate, I talk to I talk to a ton of agents, and agents are always asking me for advice on what to do or how to get more leads or how to get more business, and I always say, how many videos are you doing? On social media you know how how many videos are you putting your face behind because you can say your name and you can have a really cool fancy catchy name you know but if you don't have that face behind it nobody's gonna ever recognize you see right. you or know who you are yeah it's it's uh it's definitely something that uh
1: that you have to recognize and you have to be willing to do it right you know not everybody's willing to do it and it's not for everybody and definitely. not not everybody is going to be in front of a camera some of my some of my you know, the, some of the partners that I work with are, you know, I, I have Diego, Diego that I work with and Martin that I work with that are, you know, partners and we work on the daily basis together, but you never see them in front of a camera. Right. You know, they, I, I really think that what we're doing is, is, is something that's new um, and it's something that's still, it's still untapped. Mm -hmm.
0: I think I agree man I mean I think it's just so much potential and there's so many people that know it but aren't doing it yeah you know and to what you just said too I agree it's not for everybody it's not for everybody I I think I think really having the self-awareness enough to know your strengths know your weaknesses like me personally I just love attention I will get him behind this camera like any day of the freaking minute you know and I'll I'll say whatever I need to say. Even if there's nothing to say, I don't know what to say. I'll just get behind the camera and see what pops yeah, up. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. Because I love the sure. attention. I love it. But, you know, I have other friends that are realtors and they're like, that's not me. You know, yeah. I don't want to be behind the camera. I'm too shy or I don't want to. I'm yeah. anti-social. I don't want to do it. And that's 100% fine. But finding your niche in the social media world that we're living in right Correct. now is super important cuz even though you don't put your face behind it you can still Which I think is the most it. powerful. Yes it is. But even if sure. you don't do that even if you don't want to do that as you a know. business owner you still need to find a way to utilize a it. way to maximize and utilize it cuz it's just such an underpriced market that hasn't been tapped into you know. Yeah for sure. There's so many businesses that could be doing it a lot better if they were to just document what they're doing daily yeah. you know show the clients coming in show the clients trying on the clothes show the clients testing your product show the clients um, you know seeing the results after you completed construction those yep. things show go them a the process long way. yeah those show things the go a, lot, a lot longer for sure um, so I think that's that's really important and then I saw you doing that on social media and um, I, re- I remember even before I started doing social media I drove out to Las Cruces to pick your brain about social media remember yeah for sure. <laughs> and you and uh, Oz Oz is one of your business partners and super knowledgeable in social media as well that's my boy and um you know, I was picking his brain, and he was like, "Oh, you need to do this. You need to have a video." And the next week, we I hired Sosa. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was literally looking for. Dude, for you, to help me. you gotta surround yourself with the right people. Yeah,
1: you have to surround yourself with the right people, and 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 there there there's just there's so many people, there's so many people that I look back on, and and like you you, it's really all about relationships. You know, and, and I think that's something that people often get twisted is that don't forget that it's about the relationship and how you can truly help somebody in need or or fulfill something that they're wanting. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it may not necessarily be what they, you know, need per se. Like, so we don't they don't need a phone anymore. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm looking at getting a nicer house. Yeah. You know, or hey, I'm looking at. You know, adding granite in my in my house, or I'm thinking about remodeling uh, our property. And I, yeah. I think uh, you know it all comes back to just the relationships and giving a shit
0: about who's in front of you. Yeah, definitely, bro. What um, I mean, fast forward to now. You're a year in last month. Right? Year in last month. What What are you What are you doing now? You know, where has the business come? How far have you guys come? Who's on your team? We talked about you know it's it's super important and it's very hard to find the right people. Right. Do you feel like you've reached that point right now? Yeah. So so we're kind of in the middle of
1: a, of a transition. So we started off just doing roofs and stucco and that kind of stuff. Uh, but with my knowledge and my background, I not. I wasn't utilizing it correctly. Uh, or maybe not necessarily correctly, but I wasn't utilizing it to its full potential. Right. Um, so now, you know, making the right connections, working with the right people. I, I have Martin who's on my team and I have I have Diego who's on my team uh, and I have Zach who's on my team and when you have a group of guys that are on the same mission with the same morals and want to do right not only by the customer but by each other you know uh, there's a lot of Problems that come when you have your own business and and maybe I face different problems than what other people have faced But you know recently I faced a, 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 An issue where one of the employees that I had uh, he was actually my finance guy. So business owners everywhere Make sure that you double check your finances often because you will catch things I think
0: you, you still need to be a part of that. You, right? you
1: need to be a part of it and, and mm-hmm. you need to look. Uh, always be aware of, of your finances uh, and, and keeping track of where things are going and why they're going there. Um, unfortunately, I've caught certain things and, and we've had to, you know, let go of, of certain personnel. But it, it's, it's for the better because you get rid of them all. And once you get rid of them all... You can live life full steam ahead right you know because now you don't have that person holding you back you know it, it it was to the point where this employee wasn't only just writing himself extra checks but the attitude that he had and that he was that he had in 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 this whole system was affecting everybody around him and me being one of them Zach being one of them, Oz being one of them. So it was affecting the group and how the team performed together. Mm-hmm. It, it messed up the fluidity of it. And it was that little bad seed, you know. And sometimes when you get rid of that bad seed, things will kind of take itself to the next level. Yeah, um, We've been working with uh, uh, realtors lately. And it's interesting to see how other people will pick up where somebody left off and just run with it. And I have Zach who's coming on board, uh, uh, taking over uh, certain duties that this guy was doing and is actually making such a huge difference Mm -hmm. that
0: I should have been doing this a long time ago. You know, I should have been doing it. And this is this is something recent that's happened. And I think, too, I mean. So that you don't beat yourself up so much. I think every business owner has to go through that. You know, For sure. You're, you're going to have those bad hires. You and you know what? The way I see it. Especially the people it. that you thought <laughs> are friends, you know? Yeah. And, and the way I see it is uh,
1: that was my karma or that was my law of compensation that came back on me. Maybe it hit me. It I mean, it definitely affected me in a way huger amount, but that's a good lesson to learn. Mm. And it's good to know that something can come full circle.
0: Yeah you know because that's life it's It's life oh fuck you (laughs) full circle it's a full circle it's a full circle
1: but the good thing is is you know have a forgiving heart Mm -hmm. don't have a bad heart um and just like like learn from situations and and just keep your heart in the right place and your life will go good follow that gut instinct if you if you keep your heart in the right place and you follow your gut instinct obviously you want to plan as much as you can you'll you'll make it for sure yeah I have a four step process that I uh, uh, consider to be my mantra for making something happen or uh, acquiring a goal that you have set before yourself so first you have to think it you have to think it into existence if you want something to happen you want you to hit a goal you have to think it into existence then you have to talk it into existence you have to say it out loud Mm -hmm. then you have to plan it and you go and do
0: it you know that's my four-step process. Which is the, which is the most important? Yep. step. Yep. Which is the most important of those four?
1: Without without one like so, the yeah. the go and do it. I would say is, is the think, most
0: important. I think so too.
1: To go and do it because sometimes you don't have the full plan.
0: Yeah, and that's something that I know. Think, I think too. What a lot of people misinterpret is that law of attraction, you mm. know, or being intuitive. Um, people will misinterpret that for. I just have to think it and shit's gonna happen you know like the universe will no, bring it you gotta do it there's there's so much more action that has to come behind that and you're one of those examples too you know like you 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 had no experience you went and learned you got dirty you decided to be your own boss and then you still got dirty you know you there's no there's no stopping that learning you know no for sure And um, and I think the most important thing that you did cause you could've continue to be in that slump. You could mm-hmm. continue to work for somebody else, but having that initiative to want to more for yourself, to know that you deserve better, and then to go after it and actually fucking execute on it, that's really you know what separates a lot of people. That's why you're on the show. Yeah. You know, cause you, you went out and you did it Yeah, and you're doing it still, you know, you're still, I hope so. Man. I, 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 I can say, so. and I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me. You're still learning right now. Absolutely. Right? You're a year in and you're now rebranding yourself yep. as a now construction company, company, yep. instead of a roofing company. Exactly. Because of all the lo- knowledge that you've made. So that's, that's really cool, man. For you to come from that point in your life where you hit rock bottom to then deciding, you know what? I deserve better. I yeah. need to, I need more for myself. <laughs> and that's that's really cool because you don't you don't see a lot of stories like that. But the people that you do hear from, you know, it's good to hear that back end story yeah. on, on how hard it actually was. Yeah, it it's tough. It's tough, but something that I will I will
1: let every person who's considering being a business owner. It's exactly my last question. Why, is, what advice would you have for them? Is yes, you are a business owner. Yes, you get to make your own schedule. But you run on somebody else's time. You run on your client's time. You run... You work for them. So you will always, 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 always work for somebody else. And if you don't have a heart of service, if you don't have a heart of service, you're not going to make it.
0: That was a golden nugget for everybody, right? Here. Even myself. That's so true, though. That's... That's, that's, really that, that, that's what it comes down to, having a heart of service. Yeah that's so true and i think a lot of people miss that you know that's crazy man um, you know ending ending that note you know lessons that you've learned you've gone over some of them you know hiring the right people what's next right now for for your construction business you're rebranding so you're going you're you going to be changing your name um it's possible okay it's possible there, there's there's
1: there's just so many different ways that You can attack, you know. Now, now that you're, uh, now that I have so so much more understanding, there's just so many ways to attack that. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) I'm not sure yet. There, there's, there's different options, uh, that we're kind of tossing around and and, you know, uh, uh, looking at doing some flips. Uh, We, you know, put some offers in on some houses, uh, and uh, you know, building some more relationships and getting certain personnel. Ready for certain aspects of a business. Uh, I am uh, 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 my uh, my woman is getting ready to get a real estate license. Uh, mm-hmm. who actually knows I owe so much to her, but uh, she's getting ready to get a real estate license. She's yep, there. um, all there, well, New Mexico, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so there, there's a lot of different ways that this can go. Uh, uh Specifically because of partnerships, uh, uh, relationships, uh, uh, networking that you have. Mm-hmm. Um. But the way I see it is, I want to build the future of Las Cruces and restore, the past.
0: This is the, the motto. Yeah. <laughs> build the future. That's going on the black truck. Yeah. <laughs> right yep. on the door. That's badass, man. Talking about that mentality, you know, you um. Going back a little bit, I don't know if we were live when this happened, but we talked a little bit about our past, you know, working at Verizon and and selling cell phones and and you asking me, what was I doing? And I told you to read some books, you know? How has self-development and reading really helped change your mindset and build your mindset? (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, So I didn't start reading until I was already back in las
1: cruces and started working for the builder actually and i was i mean the builders uh, that own the company they're young younger guys i mean they're in their mid-30s you know so they're they're young guys and i'm like holy shit if you've been to this guy's house he has a 1.7 million dollar mansion in las cruces and if you have been to any house in las cruces that's over five hundred thousand dollars, you you're like holy shit mm-hmm. i wanted that holy shit type of moment for myself You know, and and I picked their brain and I said, "Can't like like what do you do?" They said the same thing: read books. So, Oz, my boy, he's like, I said, dude, I need to read a book, man. I don't know what to read. I said, I hate reading. Managing oneself by Peter F. Duckert. Uh, You gotta learn about yourself. You gotta learn about yourself. that's the first book that I would recommend anybody to read. Is is managing oneself. You you do reflection. Once you understand how you learn, run with it. Mm-hmm. Run with it because it's never gonna stop. The only investment that you that's really gonna last is the investment that you do in yourself. 100. If you if you lose everything, your knowledge doesn't go. Yeah. You don't lose this. Go. You don't unless you
0: smoke a lot of crack. Uh oh right yeah <laughs> is that how you lose
1: it <laughs> yeah smoke a lot of crack
0: yeah no but that's true I mean the biggest investment you can make is in yourself mm-hmm. I, I know for sure just this year some of the best investments that I've made that have been a couple of thousand dollars are some of these out-of-town trainings that I've taken with yeah. Grant Cardone and Gary Vaynerchuk yeah, I'm,
1: I'm going to one uh, two weeks from now I'm going to uh, Nashville
0: Oh, that's you're yeah. telling me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going I might go with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going I'm, to New York tomorrow. So yeah, going to Nashville, I might be catching up on some work when I get back.
1: Yeah, here. going on business con and
0: learning how to serve my people better. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's all about, man. And yep. and that's cool that you're still growing. You're still, you know, you can never be on at, at the top of your game. Ever, I don't care who you are. Yep. There's always room for for growth, always going to grow. Always room for knowledge, you know. So. That's really cool, man, and and I'm really excited, you know, for the people that are watching live right now and the people that are listening on iTunes to hear your entire story because I think, you know, coming from the ground up, coming from where you came from, and actually just taking the initiative, you know, to learn something new and create a business out of it that's literally giving you so many different outlets right now that you that you have no idea where you I don't on. know what I want to do yet. <laughs> yeah. There's there's so much that
1: I wanna do. It's just what I want to do first. You right. know? You know? Flip houses, build houses There's just there's just there's so much, man. There's so yeah. much to
0: do. There's so much to do. I'm excited for life. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited for life. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for you bro. Um, you know, we've we've been good friends and I've literally seen, like I said, in the beginning of the podcast i've seen your journey i've seen you know mentally where you've come from to where you're at now and you are definitely somebody that i admire and i keep in my circle because i know we've we've been on that same mentality yeah dude. that same way and, um, for a yeah, long yeah, time yeah, bro, dude. it's, it's been it's crazy, crazy <laughs> just seeing each other you know we're both we both came from the same place the bottom you know left <laughs> and left and and came back and really have started to see some success same time frame dude it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy it is crazy you know and i always trip out too like when i hear this rapper went to school with this other rapper and it's like how the fuck did like all you guys have class together and like there's six famous Yo, they, people they, they you all guys, do. You know they Ma- all do. Ma- just says what's up right now what's up Ma-ro, what's up brother we were talking about diamond right now so Mauro's one of uh one of the big dogs out oh, in uh man Mauro. yeah motto is definitely a good teacher my god yes. <laughs> you got you got three diamond cats here <laughs> yep we got sosa chris and manny that's funny yep but uh but yeah man i mean you know listening to your story listening to your journey I, I really you know feel that you have a lot of success coming your way you have a lot of growing coming your way still and you have a lot of learning but i think it's really going to take you places, especially with the ambition that you have you know Talking about that ambition, talking about that motivation, do you think that's something that you kind of have to be born with, or is that something that you can be taught? I think I think it's something you can be taught. Um,
1: maybe it's not something that somebody that somebody teaches you or writes it on the whiteboard, but life will teach you that a situation will teach you that uh, uh, going through bullshit will teach you, and and I think I think the ambition part of it comes from life you know it comes from life that that desire to either beat out the next person or get to the next level Mm -hmm. comes from i mean it comes from experience i think in in my opinion i think it comes from experience some people are born with it um but once you something that i've always done is if if there's any little piece or of something that i like Or, or, or if there's any sort of hope, I'm going to attack the shit out of it and be optimistic as hell and figure out a way to make it work. Problem solving. Yeah. You know, so, so really, I I think, uh, you know, ambition it will come, it'll come, it'll come, it'll come for sure. Yeah. Whether, whether it's through a situation or maybe you get married or maybe you have a kid and those types of things caused you to take your ambition to the next level. And grow, yeah. grow up, yeah, yeah. And that's what's so exciting about life is we have all that in front in front of us.
0: Yeah, that's true. Any circumstance, and like to kind of go on to that, like one of the trainees that I just stepped away from or came back from a couple of weeks ago was Grant Cardone, and he really just woke me up because he was talking about money, and he's always talking about money. A lot of people don't like that, you know, because a lot of people feel like it's not all about money. And it definitely isn't. It's not. But, you know, he really spoke some words that woke me the, sh- the fuck up, you know. Um, he said, you know, if you if you have $25,000 in your savings account, you're already broke. If you have $50,000 in your savings account, you're already broke. You're one cancer treatment away from losing everything, you know. And that really spoke volumes to me because even though it's not about money, even though all those things, you know, it, that monetary thing is not important. When it comes down to problem solving, some of the biggest problems can only be solved sometimes with money. So getting your money right, having having your mentality right, having that foundation right, you know, and being ambitious enough and being optimistic enough to see when there is talent and when there is opportunity and going after it, I think is, is something that a lot of people don't have or won't ever see but it's really about taking that risk you know putting that last seven thousand dollars in to start that business and risk losing everything and having zero yeah but at the end of the day what's the worst that could happen you have zero you can't be any more zero than that you know you can't even be you, you can't can be, be negative more zero than zero if you have wells fargo you can go you you can negative, negative three thousand <laughs> still take somebody out to lunch <laughs> make but, it happen baby <laughs> yeah man i mean it, it really comes down to just, you know, setting the right expectations, setting the right goals and having that attack, you know, having that that follow through with it, which is what you've done, man. So props to you, bro. I really, it, you know, I'm really excited to see where you go, where you take this business and, and congratulations on the success that you and your team have already been having out in New Mexico. I think it's really something exciting to see. Where can people... Right now, listening. Uh, find you on social media. What What are your pages? What are your handles? Uh, so you can find me at uh, on Facebook, Chris Chavez, or you can find me Chapster Seven
1: Eight, or Roof Rescue. I think it's Roof Rescue NM on Instagram. We'll um, double check that. Yeah, we'll double check that. Post post the link somewhere. Um, but uh, there'll probably be another channel to come or something. Yeah. Eventually, but uh, we'll see. Well, we have some ideas brewing that's cool yeah hopefully we'll come out and do some work with you guys
0: yeah yeah definitely and you know hopefully we'll we'll end up doing even a follow-up episode to see where you're at on your second year you just said a year congratulations on that um so i wish you all the best of success man man. um last question just want to end with this you know i know you you and your lady come to el paso quite a bit or maybe not as quite a bit but What are some of your favorite places to visit out here in the city? Uh, I love to go...
1: To, uh, of course, to go to the Chihuahuas games, but one of my favorite restaurants is Corralitos uh, Steakhouse. Corralitos! Yes, if you've ever been there, the best age steak ever. My lady took me there for one of my birthdays one year, and I fell in love with
0: it. It's bomb. Corralitos, yeah. Corralitos. Have you tried it? No. The most bomb they're, red They're beers. opening up a new one on Pelicano and Zaragoza. It's right yep. next to my office, yeah. Yep, it's the shit. I don't know anything about steakhouses, man. I get sides when I go there, yeah. so... I'm a contractor, drink beer, <laughs> eat steak. <laughs> well, I'm a realtor and I'm a vegetarian. So There's not, <laughs> <So of, laughs> not a lot of We'll go do yoga together, man. <laughs> yoga. I don't do yoga. <laughs> I do meditate, though. Meditating is the shit, man. Yes. I've, been, I've been meditating for the last 20, going on four days tomorrow, 24, 25 days. And it's fucking... Mental health.
1: Is, bro, you like back, bro.
0: mental health. I, w- I wish I'd been doing this like you know, uh, way before this, but... Again, man, congratulations on Thank you. you. Uh, for those of you that are listening, make sure you guys tune in every single Wednesday. We're going to be doing a new episode, having a new guest every single Wednesday, interviewing these entrepreneurs, influencers like Chris. Um, and you know, hop on every Wednesday to our social medias. We're going to be answering questions and answering them here live. So thanks again for you guys tuning in and we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Peace. Instagram, Facebook. Oh shit, everybody! I'm all buzzed, Bato. Are you? Yeah. You guys are so good. Was great. I'm all buzzed, Bato. You're still on, bro. Good, <laughs> homie. I'm all buzzed, Bato. I'm hungry, bro. How do you think? How do you think, uh, think podcast went? Your first ever, right? First
1: ever podcast. I got like 13 cameras on me. Um, a learning experience for sure. <laughs> yeah it um, was fun it was
0: exciting nervous Dude, uh, eat before you do something like this tell eat you that. before you drink eat all before, this whiskey that's yep. for sure eat before you drink whiskey <laughs> yep. cool. well, make sure you guys tune in next Wednesday full episode is dropping so you guys hear Chris's story bless your bless your woman after because she deserves it yeah, she's been waiting for a long time look at her